Each top my selector. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. I know you're gonna dig this. And it is Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everyone. A very happy Tuesday to all. This is Maestro A, Master A, Amil, Amili, Amilcar. I am a public school phys ed teacher with a show on boxing. And, you know, I actually trained, too, to be a health teacher and have taught health a bit as well uh, as a teacher. And I wanted to get into a topic today that's kind of centered around health. Sometimes we touch on the topic of health as it relates to boxers, whether it's concussions, whether it's weight draining and dehydration, whether it's just, you know, as I said earlier, concussions and blows to the head. Today, I actually want to talk a little bit about the topic of Canelo's next fight, which is supposed to take place in the state of Texas at Cowboys Stadium and I think we all really need to, as boxing fans, as boxing heads, as sport fans, you name it, to really kind of think about this one and ask ourselves, like, why this is happening? Is this the right move? And whether this is something that we should be supporting? Like, Look, I want to start off by kind of talking about Canelo's own words himself. He was on the Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson podcast discussing the fact that he actually wanted to fight at Estadio Azteca, that famous football stadium in the southern part of Mexico City in Coyoacan. Let's talk about it. Let's have a listen. Twenty nine, something like thirty one, something like that. Right where you for? Same ring. I, I fought, I'm going to fight uh, May eight. Yeah, uh, that weekend of Cinco de Mayo. Oh, that's always packed. Chavez is always fight there. Yeah. Remember we fought the Azteca Arena in Mexico? And yeah, well, that's amazing. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool, Canelo, to see you do something like that. Like, allow you to fight. Well, I wanted to fight in Mexico the last fight, but uh, with the pandemic, yeah. it's so difficult to bring people yeah. to the arena. Man, you fight in Mexico, it'll be jammed. Oh, man. So, look, Canelo said it himself. He wanted to fight. At Estadio Azteca, he wanted to fill up a big football stadium for a boxing match. But then that didn't happen. And as he said, the reason it didn't happen is because it's very difficult to do that in the pandemic. A couple days later, and this is announced. Let's, again, let's have a listen. Saunders is set for AT&T Stadium May 8th. Promoter Matchroom Boxing says it expects about 60,000 people to attend. Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones says they're proud to host a boxing event of that magnitude in the stadium. Look at this old crusty motherfucker. He's, he's proud to host an event during the middle of a pandemic. Of course he is. Adding, quote, AT&T Stadium was built to house the greatest sporting events on the planet. Pre-sale for tickets starts March 23rd. Katie Johnston for CBS 11 News. So I guess they're pretty excited about this in Texas, you know, filling 60,000, 70,000 people, whatever the number is going to be, into a big-ass stadium. And as far as I'm concerned, this is pretty fucking irresponsible. I love Canelo. I'm a huge fan. 
I like Eddie Hearn. I'm a huge fan of his promoting. But why the hell is this fight taking place in a big stadium right now? Well, here's why it's taking place in the stadium right now. It's because they're allowing it to take place. There's a bonehead move taking place in a very regressive state. And if you don't believe me, again, check this out. I am ending the statewide mask mandate. But it was one of these fools clapping for that shit. Nothing gets me more upset right now than being here in New York City and having people around me on subways, right? People around me in the grocery store, not wearing a fucking mask. And here comes this dude getting up in front of a bunch of hillbillies talking about removing the mask mandate. What's this all about? Much bigger than that. The governor of Texas saying state mandates are no longer needed. Uh, Greg Abbott saying that that requirement, among a host of others, is the closest a major state, a big state, any state for that matter, has gone back to its pre-pandemic past. Critics of the governor are saying he is moving too soon. Others say he has not moved soon enough in taking a cue from Florida, which has been almost business as usual, Throughout the pandemic, the Texas governor... Is there a bigger group of idiots than the Others Say group? Others Say. Others Say we should be following Florida? Really? Florida. We should be following Florida and what Florida's been doing during the pandemic as it relates to uh, planning events and planning sport uh, sporting contests, including the one uh, that's going to be taking place with Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders. Really? Florida. When we have a look at what's taking place in Florida, this is actually a news report from yesterday. This is Florida. This is what's happening in Florida. Miami Beach police are taking drastic measures to enforce a new 8 p.m. curfew as spring breakers overwhelm the city. Massive crowds of young people with few wearing masks have city leaders fearing this will become another super spreader event. If you saw the photos of Ocean Drive, it was quite simply overwhelming. It looked like a it looked like um, a rock concert. You couldn't see pavement and you couldn't see grass. So we feel that this is necessary. Guess what? Canelo Saunders is going to look like a fucking rock concert. <laughs> Florida ain't seen nothing yet. This shit was outdoors. That's going to be inside a stadium. Really? 60 to 70,000 during a pandemic. No masks on. No requirement to physically distance. You can thank Governor Abbott in Florida for that. This is what we're doing, ladies and gentlemen. This is what Canelo's doing. This is what Matchroom's doing. This is what the zone is doing, creating a super spreader event. For weeks, federal health officials beg spring breakers to be careful, but many aren't listening. We love Miami. We yeah, out, out here. We out here. New cases of COVID-19 are decreasing in Florida, but rising in at least 20 states. In other parts of the country, cases are plateauing. That is not a good thing. When you have that plateauing, that's... And what's crazy, guys, what's crazy, ladies and gentlemen, is that you don't have to take my word for this. Don't even take Dr. Fauci's word, because you know what? Dr. Fauci's been all over the place. First, we could use masks. Actually, no. First, he said we shouldn't use masks. Then he flipped it and said we should use masks, pretty much admitting to lying about the mask. But we do know that masks are effective, all right? But you don't have to take my word for it, right? This fight's taking place in Dallas. Check out what a Dallas judge is saying about this very topic. This is a Dallas judge 
talking about what they recommend people do, regardless of what the governor of, of, of uh, Texas is saying. About Check this the out. Businesses opening at uh, 100% capacity. I mean, you know, I've been talking to a lot of gym owners just because of my role as a health reporter, and they're still sticking with 50% or 75%, depending on what they're comfortable with. I guess people are doing different things. How do you feel about that part of the uh, lifting or easing of restrictions? Well, so responsible businesses will keep you safe and they'll make sure that you can maintain that six foot distance, which is part of staying safe. Jerry Jones isn't a responsible business owner. There's not going to be any six foot space with this. We, you, can, you can guarantee that. During COVID, and then some businesses won't. won't. You're going to want to frequent businesses that will keep you safe where you can have a safe, safe shopping experience or workout experience. Look, um, if you're fully vaccinated two weeks after your second shot or if Johnson Johnson first shot, then you have a lot more leeway. Uh, than otherwise, but um, we still have a long way to go, and we get there by doing those proven things that we've done over the last year to keep ourselves safe, registering anywhere you're willing to drive to get your shot, registering even if you're not eligible yet because you will be That's it, guys. We don't need to get into all of the requirements, but that judge, the Dallas judge, was essentially saying that people should still be following these requirements. Minimum six feet of distance, wearing a mask, I mean, this is ridiculous. This is going to be a, a, this is the definition of a super spreader event. And I got to tell you, man, (laughs) this is beyond irresponsible. Canelo said it himself. I played it at the beginning of the video here, the beginning of the stream. He could not get away with this shit in Mexico. Mexico will not allow this kind of event. New York State will not allow this kind of event. New Jersey will not allow this kind of event. Connecticut, all of these states around where I live will not allow this kind of event. They're talking about baseball season. Okay, I live right by Yankee Stadium. 10% capacity. All right, 10% capacity in a 60,000 stadium is, you do the math, like 6,000 people. These guys are going to be filling that place with 50, 60, 70,000 people. They're going to sell as many tickets as they can. Cram these dumbass motherfuckers in there like sardines, spreading the virus. Then these guys are going to get on planes, go all over the country, spreading the virus. When what we really should be doing is containing the goddamn virus. Again, totally irresponsible by Canelo. Totally irresponsible by Eddie Hearn. Totally irresponsible by the zone. I'm not even going to talk about the hillbilly motherfucker named Jerry Jones because we already know he's irresponsible. So we don't really need to include him. Okay? But the idea of doing this, spreading this deadly virus, why the fuck have we been wearing masks for a year? If you're just going to do this in, in the stadium and, and create a super spreader event, it's ridiculous. I've shared the link, guys. What up, Dave? I see you in the chat. Nando, my brother, run PMC Outlaw. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Right? Nando says, New Zealand recently hosted the Parker with zero need for masks because of a responsible and selfless society that follows the rules. Exactly. Exactly. D, speak your mind, sports talk. I'm going to bring you in right now, brother. I'm talking about the mask situation. 
They're not making people wear masks. They're not making people stay physically distant from one another. You know, and now Canelo, who couldn't do this fight in Mexico at Estadio Azteca, which is what he said he wanted to do, is now doing it in Dallas, in in Arlington, uh, Texas, at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. What do you think about this, bro? I think you're on mute, fam. Yeah, I was. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now, my man. All right. Now, do you want my honest opinion on this? Go. If you disagree with me, you disagree with me. Go ahead. It's fine. Whatever your honest opinion is. I shared my opinion. If you want to debate it, let's have it. No, actually, I don't want to debate you. And my debate, honestly, would not even be with you. My debate would be more with the WHO, the CDC, and the governments of the world that are putting this out here to be something that it's not. See, I don't, Maestro, I don't believe in what they're telling us this is. I don't believe in the mask, and I never have. Our bodies are, God built our bodies to withstand viruses, pathogens, bacteria, and so forth. And, you know, we have membranes in our nose that not only not only blocks some of these viruses and pathogens from coming in, but there's also defenses that start there, right? And if we're masking this up, then we're stopping our defenses. We're actually making our immune system weaker. There are studies on this, and I've never believed in the mask. I've never believed in what they're telling us this illness is, right? I don't believe in what we've been, we're being told about this. And so when I look at, you know, should we not open the public or should we open the public, then I totally disagree with it because I believe we're being deceived and lied to about what this actually is. The problem, D, is that we have been deceived and lied to. Okay, And we have been deceived and lied in terms of politics. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, at the beginning, Dr. Fauci said that people shouldn't be wearing masks. Right. He said that because he didn't want the population here to go out and buy masks. So they said that we shouldn't be wearing masks. Then later on, he switched it and said that he should wear masks or that we should wear masks. Later on, and I'm no fan of Donald Trump at all. Okay. But later on, it was clear that the timing of the rollout of the vaccine was intended to coincide with the election and was intended to take place uh, essentially after the election uh, to benefit the Democrats and Joe Biden. Uh, That much is clear. And look, as I said, I'm not a fan of Trump. I don't like Trump, but I also don't like Biden either. So I'm pretty neutral when it comes to that. As for the virus itself, uh, look, we can agree to disagree on. um, uh, Look, there is a lot of truth in what you're saying, honestly, about the, the immune system and you know, mucus and stuff present preventing uh, the virus. But I think to me, at least, I believe that the masks prevent transmission because uh, masks prevent the spread of airborne disease. And this is an airborne disease. And that's what I I don't agree with, Emil. They're telling us that it is an airborne disease, and I don't believe it is at all. Okay, I'm not willing to believe that the numbers of the deaths of the people that uh, have died are like fabricated because I know people that have died of COVID 
And I know that that death wasn't, uh, you know, a fabricated death. I can definitely see why there's skepticism because there's been a lot of skepticism and, and based on lies actually about diseases uh, throughout history, uh, including AIDS, including the, the government lying to people and injecting them with, with viruses on purpose without them, without uh, the, suspe- uh, the, the people knowing what was going on. But I got to I got to I got to disagree with you on this. To me, COVID is a deadly disease. Uh, Dave has said it right here. He said the black and Hispanic community has been hit hard by this. They're, we're hit by all of the, the diseases the hardest. But D, I hear you. I understand the skeptic uh, uh, mindset that you have because I'm naturally a skeptic as well, especially right. when it comes to the government. Right, and it's not. It's not just like it's a lot of stuff here that I don't even really wish to talk about, especially on your platform, bro, because I've had problems with censoring on my platform talking about certain things so I'll, I'll speak on those things outside of uh while you're off live because it's not really something you really want to talk about too much youtube is censoring that stuff but um yeah it goes more than just with what i mentioned but like i said i don't want to get dig into that too much um i'm a guy that's been researching and into this type of stuff since 1996 fam anything that i say is, is trust and believe is it, it comes with a lot more than just you know a few little statements i but uh I, and i'll send you some stuff too that oh, well, may actually give you a different idea send me, whatever, send me whatever you got uh because i'd also like to have a side discussion with you on uh i mean this doesn't have much to do with boxing unless you're talking about tommy morrison but hiv and the link to aids I mean, there's a big discussion historically around that one too. But look, yeah. Now, until I'm until I'm convinced otherwise, like you said, you don't think it's a, a airborne disease. From what no. I understand, it's an airborne disease. And from what I understand, there's a reason why people that work in the food industry and dentists and doctors and everyone else wears a mask because I don't want them breathing all over me. I want them breathing all, right. all over my food. You know what I mean? And it's it's true that you know that if there's an airborne infection, then a mask would definitely prevent the spread of that. If it's an airborne infection, you see what I mean, and that's where the disconnect is. If I believe that this was an airborne infection, then I would be all for the mask. I don't believe that's what this is. That's my that's my whole issue with it. And if it's, if you're not protecting yourself, then there is actually proof that you could be. Uh, dampering your immune system by wearing a mask. Now, if you don't need that mask, if I'm correct, right, if my conspiracy theory, as they call it, is correct, and we don't need that mask, then we're dampering our immune system wearing these things everywhere we go. This is true. Um, And look, on the one hand, economies have been doing really uh, badly uh, because of this pandemic. That's Uh that's a fact and you wouldn't think that people that run capitalist economies would want that to happen um that's no. one but then if i'm being fair the other side of it is that motherfuckers have made a lot of money off of the covid-19 pandemic uh, yeah. medical, my my wife works in medical supplies you've got the pharmaceutical companies so look uh, this maybe need a, a, like a, like i said a, a deeper dive a longer discussion we could have it but as of right now until I've been shown otherwise. Uh, 
if it's an airborne disease, which I believe it is, then yeah, masks are the most effective uh, a barrier to that. But look, let's transition over to boxing, bro, because I know you. Yeah, got, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I know you got some some something to say about my next topic, and my next topic is uh, none other than the rematch taking place this Saturday. I'm <laughs> about it. We're talking about Dillian White. We're talking about Alexander Povetkin. And here you go. Dillian White came in in the first fight. It was all about maximum violence. It was all about the pain that he was going to bring and the damage he was going to inflict. Everyone will remember this fight took place in Eddie Hearn's backyard, essentially, which for most people is a lot bigger than a backyard. But when you're the son of a millionaire went to private school, I guess this is where you grew up and this is your backyard. And... It started off quite even, um, and it got to the point, I'd say probably around the second or third round, where Dillian White really started to look a lot more effective. You see him there going to the body. Uh, he was taking shots, though, the whole fight, which I thought was was telling and which may uh, play a part in the rematch here. But I felt that when he was boxing behind the jab, he was doing pretty well. Honestly, though, I'm not that impressed with his footwork. You can see it; it's sloppy there, uh, and I feel that he's quite slow, uh, Dillian White. Um, he is big. I, I always have felt that he's slightly overweight. That could have something to do with it. But he's got a plotting style, and yes, when he's pumping out the jab, he's effective. But he does seem to be uh, slow at times, and he does kind of lean in, uh, which makes him susceptible, as we've seen multiple times to uppercuts, especially counters. Uh, and that proved, proved to be an issue in, in the first fight. Now, I, I have not liked Dillian White's uh, talk leading into this rematch. He's accused Povetkin of faking having COVID. Uh, he's accused them of kind of wanting to weasel his way out of the fight. I don't know about you, D, but Povetkin does not strike me as someone who's afraid of another man's two fists. Uh, no, no, not at all. Maybe that's just me, but uh, he, he's he's a man that beats by the by the, uh, the the tune of his own drum. This is a guy who is not you know Russian Orthodox Christian, which most Russians are. He's he actually believes in like the pre-Christian uh, kind of indigenous religion that they have out there in Russia. Very interesting guy. Very interesting story. Anyways, he was boxing, taking his time. Uh, doing his best to kind of uh, get out of the way of, of Dillian's heavy shots, eventually started to take them. But as we know, he knocked out Dillian White in brutal fashion in what has got to be at least the co-knockout of the year. I All think right. into this rematch, Dillian's probably going to be favored. Uh, he's probably going to box a lot more cautious. But you can see he just leans into his punches, again, open there for an uppercut. And... Um, I think that the knockout might happen. I really do. What, what are your thoughts here, uh, D? I think, um, okay, so these clips that you have playing here, this is actually really good clips because I can kind of break some of this down. Of course. Yeah. Um, I think that Dillian White got sloppy when he got stopped, okay? And the thing is this. If you, if you notice Dillian White, one thing you mentioned was that he was working behind his jab, right? Okay, yep. boom. That was the first knockout. Pause that right quick. Because that's I really want to explain that one there. Um, that first knockout. Okay, so for the first three rounds, something that people need to notice. You, pause that. Pause that. I, 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 
that that I wanted to talk about that. Something that people need to notice for these first three rounds is both of these guys were setting traps for each other. Uh, Povetkin was setting that uppercut up. But Dillian White, if you watch those clips, even if you watch the fight from the first three rounds that uh, Emil Carr was showing on the clips, Dillian White, the flaw that you mentioned, it was almost intentional because when he would lean in and dunk forward, he would close his arms, right, in the high guard, duck down. That prevents a hook, and, and closing his arms does nothing but prevent the uppercut. But he would throw a body shot to... Povetkin, right? He would slip the hook and body shot, body shot. He would slip the hook and body shot. In the fourth round, he came up top. He switched it. See, that was the trap he was setting. He came up top and he found success. Whereas with Povetkin, he was setting up for that uppercut. Now, where Dillian White made the mistake, and he, he mentioned that he made the mistake, is that he knew he had Povetkin on the hook and he got greedy and he went to let go. Yes, sir. Right, he went to let go, and Povetkin put his uppercut in there. Right, but see, he did it again. See, he slips and he goes down to the body. That's nothing but setting up the shot because those body shots are going to wear on you. And it wore on Povetkin, and it allowed him to come and slip that hook up top because those arms drop. Right, and he's not protecting the head. Both of these guys, see, Povetkin was setting that trap. You see what he just went for? What yep. did he go for? That uppercut. But look, arms tucked inside. You see what I'm telling you? So these guys were both setting traps for each other. And Dillian White, which is why I've always said that he could probably get beat by Wilder, he always has these defensive laps, fam. And that's what happened to him in this Povetkin fight. He had a defensive laps, and Povetkin slipped that uppercut in there. But these guys were both setting traps for each other the whole fucking time. They were. And Povetkin's trap, too, involved going to the body and kind of sticking to the body and then switching – what would have been a hook to the body into kind of an uppercut. And that was the knockout punch. And we'll probably see it coming up here shortly. Boom. There you go. Uh huh. Again, just like we said, with the setting of the trap, we were both setting up traps the entire night. And back in here again, he was angling like he was going to go for the body and then boom, converted it into an uppercut. And we'll watch it back here. Look, to the body and then boom last boom, right? right and see and see uh these two guys man i'm gonna tell you something it's not cut and dry this this fight with i'm so i'm so on the fence because i picked dillian white in that first fight but unlike a lot of people there's like oh perfect is not gonna bullshit i said perfect has a good chance to beat him here this is a close fight a lot closer than people thought and perfect stopped him this is still a similar situation. What concerns me about Alexander Povetkin is a couple of things here. When they announced that rematch back in November, um, I said this is dangerous for White because you, we could see here he was knocked out. Concussion definitely there, right? And taking the fight uh, that soon after a, a concussion like that, I said that's way too dangerous for White. But now, taking that into consideration and that this dude has had a plethora of time, that concussion is long gone, uh, time is not on Povetkin's side. He's already older. You understand what I'm saying? And the corona situation, and he's healing off. That's that's respiratory, bro. I, I just, 
uh, that really concerns me for Povetkin. That's the thing too that concerns me as well. The uh, the issue of COVID and you know it's a pulmonary disease. You know, I think we can both agree on uh-huh. that it does damage to the lungs. Yeah. Um, a lot of boxers that have kind of come back from it have complained about that too. You know, Herring has, has mentioned it. You know, um, it's 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 an issue for sure. You know what I think it is? I, I what I really think it is, bro. It's like, um, let me see. Uh, matter of fact, let, let me not even get into that. I'll tell you this later. I'll okay. Tell you this later. Yeah, yeah. But let's take it back to the Pavekin White fight. So. I'll, I'll jump in first, and I'll ask you to, to respond. I think that this is a fight that Dillian White should win. If he boxes tall, if he uses his jab, if he can stay on his feet, maintain distance, and either clinch on the inside or push Povekim off of him and be physical, this should be his fight. The problem I have with Dillian White and why I do believe that there is a chance – Okay, that there is a chance of 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 a knockout is because of his tendency to lean over. Um, I don't think that's a very good uh, uh, tactic, uh, and he has been knocked out now twice uh, from uppercuts, and he's been put put on the floor. I think more than just twice, but definitely knocked out twice by Joshua and Pavekin with uppercuts, and it, it's not something that can just be easily corrected in a short. Uh, in, in like a, a year or so. Um, and this has been less than a year. Um, but I do think that if he stays disciplined, doesn't have those mental lapses, he should win. But I'm still giving with the old saying of a puncher's chance to to to, to Pavekin. And look, he'd have to work for that punch and lay traps like we discussed earlier. But it is something that I feel that he he's capable of doing. What are your thoughts? Well, hey, man, <laughs> I think he has actually much more than a puncher's chance because he's a better boxer than Dillian White. He's more sound all the way around, to tell you the truth. Um, and, you know... Way more sound. This guy's, said this guy's, I said way more sound. This guy's yeah, no yeah. medalist. Right. And so, um, you know, age affects heavyweights the late uh, in the latter part of their career. They can deal with age a little better than a lot of these other guys. I just... Dillian White's defensive uh, irresponsibility is the question in this fight. That's the thing, you know, because Povetkin, again, he's a higher class fighter. I rate him higher than Dillian White, you know, as far as the, the sweet science goes. I rate him higher than Dillian White. So, And he definitely has power. We know that. Uh, here's something else, too, Amir, that I think that ring IQ I give that to Alexander Povekin. And if you got caught by <clears throat> this uppercut in the first fight, you know the film will be done on that. Do do people understand that that's not Povekin's strongest punch? It's actually the hook. Oof, his hook is, is deadly. His hook is actually the strongest punch. So if you take that into account and yeah. you straight the uppercut and you come with the hook, that is a, yet another trap that Dillian White... Facts and oh, any who doubts this, yo, check out the Carlos Takam fight, right? Check out multiple fights where he's throwing the hook. His hook, 
His hook is deadly as fuck. I totally his hook is the strongest, the strongest punch. So now Dylan White has the uppercut to think about. You faint the uppercut, he finds him with the hook. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. And it's the perfect, it's the perfect shot to to fool him on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, I shouldn't uh downgrade, not that I meant to, uh Pavetkin and his boxing ability, because this ain't just an issue of a guy going in throwing haymakers and hoping to knock out another man. This is an issue of a guy with a game plan, with a plan A, with a plan B, with multiple shots that he can use, and in this case, at least two really good ones to knock out uh, Dillian White. And we also got to remember that of the setup for that uppercut was the body attack, which I think he's going to have to use as well. I'm really excited about this fight. It's taking place in kind of an exotic location in Gibraltar, which is kind of in the uh, Mediterranean, kind of between uh, Africa and Europe. Um, it's like a protectorate of the UK. It's going to be uh, kind of an exotic location. I've always found those kind of fights a little bit more interesting. Apparently, the, the, the fight hotel is a yacht, <laughs> which is weird, so... Hopefully we'll see a lot of background footage of this and it'll just make for kind of a big, interesting event. Kind of like the first one was in terms of being super different with the lead up over four weeks to the big final culminating event in Eddie Hearn's uh, backyard. So uh, that will be that will be that. So, you know what? I'd, I don't know. You, I mean, you you gave me some some interesting picks over the weekend with a big payout, D. <laughs> And I, <laughs> I actually laid money on it too, but a lot more than you did. I didn't mind losing because at the end of the day, had I won, I would have paid off my mortgage. But um, yeah, man, keep those. Let me tell you something. I will send you these crazy parlays. I actually hit on a couple of them. Not that big one, that that thousand. Yeah. I didn't hit on that one, but I hit on a couple because I played probably about eleven parlays um last weekend, right? But see, the thing is with me by just doing 50 cents, shit like that, like I hit on one parlay for $27 and that cleared all the money I lost and put some on that account. That's why I just play it like that. Just I, didn't, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't spend a lot of money, but yours was right. 50, yours was 50 cent. Mine was like $3 and 90 cents because it wouldn't let me get a payout of over a hundred grand. So I had to like break them break them up. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, I got you. Let me, I got you. Let me something though. Uh because I know you're you're you follow these other fighters as well. We've got Fabio Wardley ah. versus Eric Molina, which is a heavyweight we've seen plenty of in the past. Uh I got a little bit of a respect. I got more than a little respect for Molina. Uh once I found out he was a fellow teacher and also a special education teacher, a special kind of person that does that. I I I became kind of a fan of of Eric's, but I think he's got it tough against Wardley. Wardley, though, is kind of a latecomer to the sport and is kind of learning on the job, but has proven that he's got good ring IQ, he's got good boxing skills, he's got good size. I think this is also going to be a pretty uh, exciting Eric Molina fight because I, I haven't really seen a bad Eric Molina fight. They usually end up with him getting knocked out, but while he's in there, he he gives it his, his all. What are your thoughts on this fight, D? Well, uh... Yeah, I'm glad you're talking about this fight. Okay. Fabio Wardley is I, I like Fabio Wardley. I've been paying attention to him. He um he did a number on Larte, man. He hit that dude right across the temple. Uh 
with a left hook and then followed it with a right hook to take him out of there. And that was two clean punches. Um, I like Fabio Wardley. He's a bit stiff. I would like to see him move his head a little more side to side, get some, uh, you know, get those guys to work on his foot, uh, his feet. But again, he is a late bloomer. He's late to the sport. Uh, Eric Molina is a great step up fight for him. He's moving up in the right direction. I expect, Fabio Wardley to put him away though I think this kid is um, I'm not going to say he's the real deal now but I think he's going to be a little bit too much for Molina you know Molina's a C-level fighter at best uh, he is a good test for guys coming up and I think he's going <clears> to <throat> you know give Fabio Wardley slight adversity you know a little bit to think about but Fabio's going to put him away man I like I like Fabio Wardley I, I'm pretty confident he's going to put Molina away probably around the 7th for the 8th round I, I agree and I was on the Undisputed podcast shout out to my, my guys out there my brethren's out there in London that run the Undisputed podcast on the day that they had Chris Congo on and Chris Congo is an undefeated fighter out of the UK that's had some pretty good wins. Um, he, his last win was against uh, Luther Clay. He's taking on Michael McKinson, a fellow undefeated fighter, also out of England. Uh, Michael McKinson's 19-0, two KOs, so we can ascertain from that that he doesn't have the greatest uh, punching power, but he is undefeated. Are you confident in laying down some money this weekend on, on Chris Congo, D? Uh, I haven't looked at the fight yet. But you've seen Chris Congo in the past, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen both guys fight in the past. It's just um, I, I still got to kind of like I, – I watch a lot of boxing, fam, and, and I'm in a prediction league, so I still got to kind of look at a couple of rounds from these guys and see, you know what I mean? I never really um, – I never really bet anything to like Thursday or Friday once I've already put my prediction league picks in. I hear you. I hear yeah. you. But, well, uh, Congo, Congo, the card is good. Go ahead. No, no, yeah, Congo. I, I, I want to see this card too. This whole card, not even just about Congo. It's a good card. Boxing man is is coming back, bro. Boxing is definitely coming back. Hold on, let me move these kids outside. Got you. Uh, boxing is definitely coming back. And shout out to Matthew. I, I was criticizing them earlier for potentially causing a super spreader event. Uh, in May at the Alvarez fight, a fight that couldn't take place in Mexico because of more stringent requirements of social distancing and mask wearing, uh, mask wearing in public events. Yet it's taking place in Texas, and we'll see what happens with that. I, I'm not, I'm not too comfortable with that taking place. But shout out to them for putting on a great card because we also have James Metcalf, an MG, uh, MTK fighter, uh, 21 and 0, taking on Ted Cheeseman. Uh, who's usually in exciting fights as well. I mean, I, I'm usually very uh, excited and, and entertained by by the way he fights. Uh, very interested in that fight taking place. I'm, I just think this is a super solid card, up to bottom, uh, down to top. You name it, whatever way you want to say it. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. I, I really am. And... The other fight I'm looking forward to in the near future, guys, is the Tim Zhu-Dennis Hogan fight. But that's taking place a little bit later. It's taking place on March 31st. So we'll have plenty of time to discuss uh, that particular fight uh, before it happens. I'm a huge Tim Zhu fan. 
I would really like to see him taking place, uh, sorry, uh, taking on, I should say, uh, a title holder at 154. I think that his best bet at 154 would be to go after the WBO title. I just think that Charlo at this stage is proven to be a very tough out for pretty much uh, anybody. And I think that at, at this point, he'd probably have more success uh, taking on Brian Castano, who I'm also a favorite of uh, uh, a fan of. He's got a come forward style. He's an attacking fighter. He's got great aerobic capacity, throws punches from beginning to end. I think that Brian Castano against Tim Zhu, if Tim Zhu does get through the Hogan fight, which I think he will, I think that the Brian Castano-Tim Zhu fight would be a tremendous fight. You've got a come forward guy. You've got a, a, a boxer puncher on the other side that really likes to counter you and throw power shots. That is is a fight that, that I'd really like to see. And you never know. They might be able to come up with the bag for Castano uh, that matches the bag that the PBC uh, would be able to offer uh, to face to face Charlo. And, you know, if he gets a win in Australia against a Tim Zoo, that's a huge feather in his cap. So, look, we'll get into that fight. Uh, as it gets closer uh, to the date of the 31st, which is next week, we've got some time to discuss that. I'll be back here Thursday. Uh, we do this Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'll be back Thursday for another Live at Five Boxing here, the Leaving in the Ring Radio Network. And I'd like people to join me this Saturday because I will be doing a live cast Saturday of the Povetkin White two card i'm very excited about that i'd love to have you guys from the chat you know my regulars here outlaw run pmc a shoe shine my brother in the leaving in the ring radio network my brother mad chad is out there d speaking mind sports andre i know that's a good time for you because it's a little bit earlier out there it's taking place in europe not too far from you either out there in gibraltar so i'm hoping that you'll be able to join us as well Lastly, what I'd love to uh, to tell you guys about, okay, is that there's going to be a great show tonight on D-Style's channel. Who's down with HCP? I am. I know most of you guys are. Check it out, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, not quite sure what that is in Portugal, but I'm sure you'll figure that one out, Andre. And check out D-Style's merch. He's got some great merch there, D-Style boxing merch, HCP merch. I'm going to share it in the chat. It's also in my program district, uh, description. Please support all of our shows across the Leave It In The Ring radio network. We're on Pandora. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. Everywhere you catch your podcast, give it a listen. Give it a like. Give it a five-star review. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. This has been another episode of Live at Five Boxing on the Leave It In The, radio, uh, Leave it in the Ring radio network, hosted by me. Uh, Maestro A, Master A, Amilcar, Amili, Amil, and my guest today, obviously none other than D from Speak Your Mind Sports Talk. Thank you so much, everyone. You guys all have a great evening and night. Take care.